Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to mention that due to the current global pandemic, we are conducting some of our discussions with guests on online mediums and therefore there might be some inconsistencies in audio quality in the conversations. Thank you so much for your understanding. Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the Mental Health Podcast. My name is Rachel and as always, thank you so much for joining us and opening a space to have conversations about mental health and normalise conversations about mental health. Today I am joined by Greg. Um, Greg is originally from London, but he has been 22 years in Ireland and he works as a brand and design consultant. Hi Greg, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Crack straight into it, Greg. You were born and raised, or spent your younger uh, years in London and then you moved over to Ireland. Could you tell us a bit about that experience for you? Yeah, so basically uh, central London, I grew up in the Marquis Estate, which was a council estate in London. It was um, definitely, you know, living in London when you grow up and raised by my mum was doing this on her own. So raising three kids on her own, you know, working a job and maybe two jobs at some time. So mm-hmm. very tough on her, um, you know, trying to raise, I suppose, two teenage boys as well. Living on a council estate where you have lots of drugs and crime, you know, I, I would have introduced alcohol at a very early age. I can tell mm-hmm. 12, 13, maybe we're drinking alcohol on the council estate. So it's very, a lot of peer pressure, a lot of um, things going on. But I think from a parental's point of view is that you, I had one parent that was strong and, and solid and was kind of kept us all together. And I suppose mm-hmm. schooling as well was very important as a teenager. The school system is a little bit different to it is over here where you leave school at 16. So at that stage when you're 16, you're leaving school. My mum was knew that if I was didn't have a channel or focused, I would be hanging around the estate, the estate, and get into kind of trouble and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Um, she got me into um, apply for a few courses. I mean, I was very artistic. Um, I wasn't great at the uh, maths and stuff like that. So I started a graphic design course after college. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's tough, and I think you know, especially a young man growing up without his a father figure, you can move you know stray off the tracks and and to that element but it's definitely growing up was yeah a lot of pressure and I think we had a lot of we had there was a lot of good times a lot of bad times but um I think that you know as the saying goes what doesn't break you or kill you makes you stronger so um a lot of things that I went through as a teenager would have made me a lot stronger now I mean I, I suppose I have a scar on the back top of my head where I was assaulted as a teenager with a victim of crime but if it was half a millimeter or half half an inch um deeper mm. i could have been gone up in brain damage so um, it's these it's these small things and i suppose there's a lot of when people growing up there's a lot of gangs and crimes so mm-hmm. yeah i mean you you do and i think it, it's it's having that, that um support system of you know the parent there and at least you, if you have one parent at least or a a, sh- a chaperone or somewhere someone to guide you because really realistic a parent is only really a guide and yeah that that was it really i mean school and college and having a focus of being creative and a lot of my friends when I was in school when I was in college were getting into trouble with crime and stuff so mm-hmm. and I was in school so I, I kind of I look back and I think well you know it was very important that I had that that outlet that kind of focus so yeah definitely keeping me out of trouble I suppose mm-hmm. absolutely like you said you've been in Ireland about 22 years now I think you said yeah. um yeah. so coming from living and growing up in London and then moving to Ireland tell us a bit about that 
yeah so um i moved over because i suppose in london there, there was a lot of stuff going on with in in the areas in london my mom felt it was i originally was going to move over for a year and uh it, it was just a good time to move over there's a lot of stuff going on with mm. a group of friends i was hanging around and it was just it would, it'd be good for my my mom's old mental health you know to, for me to move over um so yeah moved over in 98 i, I suppose over in, here in Ireland, i always had a great bunch of friends and you know the lads and we're still obviously talking today and you know i've you know meet up, meet up as much as we as we do used mm-hmm. to but to people have families and stuff but that was definitely eased the the transition over i think because mm-hmm. i had family aunties and my my cousins i i have dead friends that we cut i suppose we kind of knew the guys that are hanging around it from coming over back and forth um so definitely eased the transition um coming mm-hmm. over and uh and kept you staying here you thought it was supposed to be a year yeah 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 a year so. and, you know I, I was and that that was kind of I suppose moving over here and you know I mean obviously I went out with the guys over here and you know you, you, definitely the the difference between here and London is that the the lifestyle is a lot different uh, anyone to tell you London is a lot of aggression a lot mm. of pressure from the city and there's a lot of you, you feel claustrophobic you get onto mm. the train and you know definitely affects your mental health living in London because even I, I look out my window here I can see all the way down to even Clare or even all the way down past the trees. If you can't, don't have those things in London, you live in a, a high riser or you can't see any sky even. Mm-hmm. That's really tough. Even the stars. Yeah, yeah. And that's it, you know. And I think that even the space over here, the green fields, all that's definitely mm-hmm. um, good for the mental health, you know. So mm-hmm. that, that, definitely was, a that was my early. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of talked about your you know your time growing up in London yeah. moving over mm-hmm. and are there maybe some other times of note that have had an impact in your life on your mental health and stuff like that now I know partially we're kind of just having a general chat about life mm. as well but I think a key part of it is that you know your mental health is a continuous thing that is with you throughout life and yes yeah you know all of this stuff is relevant in supporting and developing and all that sort of stuff yeah and I, th- I think as well as Rachel it's, it's the stigmatization around mental health and the talk of it and I think we have to as a society look at mental health the same as our physical health because it, it's, it's mm-hmm. about the, the the whole totality of the human body isn't it? I mean we have to the, the life is lived in the brain you know mm-hmm, we don't we don't have to you know, we don't get depressed in our hamstrings or our quad muscles it's all in our in our brain and it's all to do with perspective but also I suppose the trials and tribulations that people go through in their lives and I know from from my own experience biologically my mother having to fend for herself you know from coming over here as mm-hmm. as a 19 year old she's 70 or 8 or 19 and those fears anxieties and dealing with their own mental health that definitely would have played an impact on me biologically in my DNA of mm-hmm. me being here and then moving off out on their own I think that kind of it molds you as as, as, a, as a child and I think as growing up as a teenager you have to go through your own your, your own thing and I think that the mistakes that you made are the the roads that you don't want your own kids to travel and yeah, that, exactly. you, that you've seen and those are the things that you, you've got those t-shirts to show your kids for you know for as an analogy to say to not to not to do this this or that so that, um yeah. and and I think that for a particular moment in time there is you look back on your life and there's certain paths that you could have traveled and I, I know that guys used to hang around in London and not here anymore and some of them have been mm-hmm. some of them have been killed or some of them doing gone to prison and stuff like that so it's yeah. it's you know it's definitely um those are the roles that you could have traveled and I think that not having a, a, a strong parent and not having a mm-hmm. and I you know I think 
I, w- I wouldn't look at my mom as a father figure, but she definitely filled the boots of a father. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I think that, you know, that was definitely um, pivotal in, in, in growing up. And I think having, you know, her nagging at me and Greg, don't do this, Greg, don't do that. So, but again, as being a father now, you kind of see, you know, what she was on about. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's definitely always, was always there, always, always working and always a moment, moments, a moment of time. I'm very appreciative so mm-hmm. um and I suppose even now being able to to look back and to have the perspective of like comparing people that maybe you hung out with when you were younger now where are they in life and seeing mm. like you said the these sliding doors and where you have ended up and where things have gone um as you said it is all about you know how they interplay and things like that yeah and I, and I think that we life is about really it's about moments moments over a period of time moments within the week within the day within out within hours and mm-hmm. life is so it can be taken from us at any any moment in time you know we could Sorry, go out in our car and, and things can happen so it's about uh, I suppose you hear all these motivation people talk about legacy and stuff like that I think it's mm-hmm. and what I always try to instill in my own kids especially my teenager is always have good values always think about why you're doing this you know mm-hmm. what how, how are you helping people I think one of Denzel Washington's speeches was you know you get out of the ghetto you get out the state or whatever and you reach back into the darkness and you pull someone out else mm-hmm. out with you you know and that's that's hugely important and I always try to think about that and I I volunteer my time for different groups with that ethos, I suppose. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, it's just about having the right fellows and managing management of your time. And, and yeah, life is definitely, obviously, it's about moments and trying to make the best of it, you know, make the best of the time that we're here. And particularly no more, no more than I think time than, than last, the last six months that's mm-hmm. rang so true for so many people is that family values, um, relationships, particularly you know that, that, that that's we, we've been we've been funneled the more shoved into this now with, with, with COVID and I think that's um the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed you know that we, exactly. we've been forced into the room with the elephant now and mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's kind of squashing us in the corner because we haven't, haven't uh, addressed, addressed it, yeah. it for a while yeah yeah and, and that's that, that that's it really right I think that like life is again it's about moments here and I think that it's about building up resilience mm-hmm resilience to um to what life control us like you know mm-hmm. so um yeah. exactly and like you said about values um i don't know if you've ever read the book called lost connections by johan harry and it's it's a book about you oh. know depression and stuff like that mm. and trying to find hope but one aspect he talks about is junk values and how a mm. lot of the time over over time and through you know media and stuff that we put all our time in these junk values and these things that don't actually matter or these things that Mm. don't give us that don't actually fulfill us and Mm. actually I think like you said over the COVID times we've realized that these are junk values and what are the real important things like like you said like your family Mm. like your relationships and all that sort of Mm. stuff and health and and I think maybe while you know COVID is a time that a lot of people are probably struggling with their mental health Mm. I think it's maybe a, a positive that we can take out of it is definitely a re-evaluation of values and where we are at um, and what are what are the important things yeah and that's you know that's hugely important yeah I think that before COVID we would put our values in or what we deemed as precious in materialistic things you know um, the thing of oh well, I have to get this and I have I need the big house or I need the, the car, newest iPhone or I need the newest iPhone and I need I need the new thing and and, and all that all that people are searching for is meaning it's meaning to life and that, that's what it is and I think it was it was a, a film I think it was a Netflix called uh happiness and it was about 
measuring people's happiness in different societies where mm -hmm. they would go into places like Calcutta and some of the um, some of the slums in India and stuff like that where they would talk to people that would be living in you know really poor setups and you know um, mm -hmm. but they would be happy and, and I think that it, it's deduced what happiness is because and I, and I keep I say this because I suppose I have a teenager now and it's you know as anyone that would agree that you, it's very hard for teenagers now to be a teenager because there's so much going on is mm -hmm. that they lose the sense of themselves and and going back to kind of going back to to, to the happiness and um, that is that it's about kind of finding meaning day to day and it's always something that's bigger than yourself it's not a monetary goal that I, mm -hmm. I need to I need to be a billionaire or a millionaire because you always find that these billionaires and millionaires they always come back there's always a there's a, there's a kind of uh, there's, there's a point where you reach mm -hmm. where you have where, where you have everything then you can't because then you come back to helping out locally mm -hmm. the the smile on the person's face when you give that money to that group so those are the those are the things where it's human relationships which have the most value as opposed mm -hmm. to you know the latest iphone or the latest car or because at the end of the day phone is just about communicating it's just mm -hmm. about talking to somebody a uh, car just gets you from a to b that's all exactly. it does and that, that, those those are the thing and it's it's about having something that's bigger than yourself mm -hmm. and that, that's what I always try you know you look at Simon Sinek's work about the golden circle the how the what and the why most people know how to do or what they do but not a lot of people know why yeah. you know their business sense so and that's what people are seeking searching searching for and I think with young people today it's about um when they're at the age where they are impressionable yeah. um and we talk about these influences but the influences in our life should be our parents or mm. our, our key stakeholders or our granny or our gran or and those should be our influence not not an instagram follower who has 20 million followers or ever mm. may a million followers and mm -hmm. the, the the thing is is that, that we have the the lines between what's real and what's not being has been skewed yeah yeah and that, that that that's hugely damaging now you mm -hmm. know? and the people who have maybe for want of a better word, a vested interest in your life. So the people that actually know you rather than you're just a number on a screen yes. to, mm. you know, people on uh, mm. Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or yeah. whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think that, I think that the, the thing is, is that we always have to get to an essence of a, of, of a, an application that we're using a Facebook or if, you use, if we're looking at Instagram or at its essence, TikTok is just, is just a means to convey something, you know, mm -hmm. But to, to tell a story, it was Vine or it was MySpace or it's going to be something else. And that's mm -hmm. why you see the likes of Facebook clambering to acquire everything else where it has the market space, where it has, the, at the end of the day, they just build on a notion of communicating. Mm -hmm. And what people need is that tangible communication. And all that, I suppose, Instagram does, there, there is benefits to Instagram, obviously, but there, there is a lot of uh, downsides to that where... It's we, the best we, side we, out. It, 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 it is, it, it's the best, but I think that again like like being a millionaire or, or a billionaire is that we place the value on or I have 50,000 followers or I have 20 million followers and like I mean okay but that that youtuber would walk down the street and he would walk past 50 or 100 of his followers and he wouldn't even he wouldn't know them mm -hmm. you know, those are the things that I don't know was a study done where our brain can only there's a certain point I think it could be 250 where our brain can't understand or visualize that amount of people we can't think of a million people can we so I think that it's the it's not really the amount of followers; it's the feeling that somebody gets from telling people that they have that amount of followers mm -hmm. and the, poor, the amount of followers. Yeah. And I think that's that's the no more than the feeling of selling that I paid 
200 euros for this jersey or there's 200 euros, 500 grand for that car. It's the feeling of being accepted mm -hmm. than the car itself. And that, that, that's the, the thing that, and that's the chase, isn't it? That's the chase that people go on all the time. And chase the high. Yeah, that's it. Then, you know. And it's so true. And like you said, I think it is important that we get back to what are our core what are the core things that matter? What are the core values we have? And, you know, all of this on social media, at the end of the day, it's not that important. It's a device, like you said, for communicating or it's a it's a medium for communication. And I think interpersonal communication is a lot more important, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, one thing that I ask people uh, quite yeah. a bit is uh, what is something that you might do to maintain or work on your, your mental health and well-being? I suppose the management of particularly two tough times was um, exercise. When I was in college in Athlone, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was diagnosed but with general anxiety disorder. And I suppose that was kind of a manifestation of, or manifested from my time in, in London, you know, because I suppose because crime was always at your doorstep. You mm -hmm. know, you could walk down the road and, and often you, you, would, you would walk down the road and you, would, you could see somebody from a rival area and that they could chase you, you know, you, and your, you know, your life could depend on, or you could, you, could, mm -hmm. you, know, you could be stabbed or whatever it may be. So it's that having to be on a heightened state all the time. Yeah. And, you know, for instance, if I, if I was in Athlone and somebody came running behind me, mm -hmm. you would get flashbacks or your, your, your fight or flight um, mindset would, chick, would, 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 um, mm -hmm. Would, would come in so yeah. I was talking to the counsellors in, in, in college regarding that and uh, you know exercise was always a key part for me to, of management I mean early on in my time over here in Ireland I would, I would play soccer teams and I never really used it as a form of management until I was in my late 20s I suppose going mm -hmm. yeah times of college before college and that exercise would be huge yeah I mean you know there's, there's multiple um, areas of research to you know, to tell about the management exercise and, yeah, and to um, get the endorphins and, going and all that. Yeah, and, and music, music, music and smells. Smell, uh, uh, smell goes into our limbic brain the fastest to activate memories. So I would use a lot of incense here and um, um, oils, natural oils and stuff. I would use uh, some of that as well. And uh, music would be great as well because music kind of, it tricks your brain to coming back to those good times mm -hmm. um i would huge uh extremely anxious try mm -hmm. going for driving tests and but i would use music to um trick my mind mm -hmm. out of the feelings so that i mean i, I passed then and I'm, mm -hmm. i mean and now my brain has formed different pathways where i don't get anxious anymore it kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of shifted completely over so yeah that's that's kind of how i manage exercise smells and outdoors Mm -hmm. walks in the woods and stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah that's and it's interesting that you that you brought up kind of the the different variety of them and smells and and mm. sounds and stuff mm. i would always be an advocate and i would talk to people a lot about the mm. idea of sensory strategies so that there's yeah. different things that impact on our senses and they can either mm. heighten us make us feel better or they mm. can kind of de-stress us and a lot of the times people associate them with maybe uh people with adhd or autism and that's what uh, they use to manage symptoms but i actually think a lot of people i know when i was in college i actually went to ait mm. as well i used to work in a paint shop to pay my way through college and on the days that i was anxious or stressed or annoyed or whatever it was I would 
stack the buckets of paint, the big 10 liter buckets of paint. And I just thought, mm. this is what I do because it's a break from what I'm doing. But when mm. I started to learn about sensory strategies, I actually realized that it was the heavy lifting and the weight of the buckets, which mm. was a was a grounding technique for me. And mm. I suppose, you know, like that there's smells, the smell of freshly cooked grass mm. or freshly raked bread always uh, makes me feel a bit better <laughs> yeah. for some reason. So it's just the idea. It's just interesting that you brought it up. I, I am always talking to people about um sensory strategies and uh yeah it's really interesting that you gave examples without even maybe even knowing about the the concept of it yeah and I think um you know when you when you touch it I mean I work as I'm a branding consultant so I I would talk to businesses about brand and and is that to deny you know to deny that we have senses is to deny that we're human you know Mm -hmm. uh we 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 have you know sensory audio touch feel smell all part of the human senses so when you say lifting, you know, our brains, this, you know, this, again, it's huge research to, to say that the physicality of building stuff with our hands is really good mm-hmm. for our mental health. And it's how we figure things out. And you see with young children where they, the act of playing, mm-hmm. that, that stays with us as we get to adults. Like I build, I, I build Lego with my, my daughter and my son builds Lego, but, and I am a huge Lego fan myself. So, mm-hmm. but when I'm, when I'm building stuff like that, we get into a thing called flow. You know, if Mihal Chick sent me high, but he talks about flow, where it's a space where we're doing something that we're passionate about, that we love, and we can see where time is kind of, there's no time. Mm-hmm. So it's about kind of people fostering the flow, mm-hmm. you know, fostering, and, and that's huge for, 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 for mental health, you know, of the management of that. And I think mm-hmm. even when I'm exercising, like I, I, I bring my phone. So I will see when I'm, like my best ideas come when I'm running. So I bring my phone and when I physically run and I think of my ideas and I speak into the phone, mm-hmm. I dictate my ideas into the phone. And when I get back, I write them down. But what exercise does for me is that it alleviates the stress and it kind of kind of gets that endorphin going and it gives you clarity all the time. And I think mm-hmm. that's huge management. But again, it's it's one of many um, coping mechanisms for, for mental health. You know, exercise alone mightn't help people they might need to be other things from diet or looking at um the, the work and a job and I think mm-hmm. your occupation your career is, is is massive and that was hugely um I know even from my jobs that I had earlier on is that you know Monday morning blues was that uh, mm-hmm. or, or Friday you know what why do we call it the weekend getaway why, what are we getting away from why do we love Fridays mm-hmm. you know, because we've suffered through the whole week because we've, we're in, we, we're continuing this notion that we have, or you, we have to work in a job. Because if you say the word job to somebody, that gives an image of something that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the the purpose economy, where somebody has a job, a career, and a calling, most people have a would have a job with a career would be, a, uh, you know, whether maybe a lawyer, and people would have a calling, which is something going back to the kind of purpose and the why and such, which is mm-hmm. something bigger than themselves, and that that's what kind of enriches people, you know, gives mm-hmm. them more meaning. I think that's, that's hugely important along with, you know, finding a career and, and, and a job and, a, and a, a space where you feel happy, where you can give back, you know, mm-hmm. I think mean, that's really important. And I suppose just to, to, to catch up on what you said about the calling, yeah. it, it's interesting that you said it that way, because I would never have mm. thought it that way. But I suppose if we think about it, the green elephant would be uh, the calling that I did because it was something that I saw as uh, a gap and I've always said you know this needs to be here or you know whether it's this podcast or some of the stuff I'm doing but I would never consider it as a calling for myself but the way you just explained it there I was like yeah is this like a calling book, what purpose economy the purpose economy by Aaron Hurst uh, yeah he has a he has a video on um 
YouTube, I think it's back, and, and his his philosophy is that you know the the it's 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 more when we live in an age where there's constant changing of our careers, societies that particularly young people now are looking for more purpose in their in their lives because we know that there is no jobs of forty years anymore. Mm-hmm. You know the thing is that okay, so college, I come out of college, I have a four year degree. You know, I get married, I have kids, I get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Will I have my job for 30 years? And that's the thing, I won't. You know, will I have is, it, but will I want that same job for 30 what years? What I want, because we, we as humans, we're constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. We evolve to become, we're always becoming something else. You know, I, I'm, I'm, my mind is different than, I'm, than my mind when I was a teenager, when I was in London, because I'm constantly evolving. If you look, I always look at my brain as a muscle. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly growing and I'm, I, I, I'm creating new insights. So, and, and that, that's the tension what I feel is that when we're in a space where we don't like to be is that we, our bodies react when it's getting run down or the flu or something. our mm-hmm. bodies are reacting to what's on the outside of us because we internalize these feelings, whether it's if I worked in a job where, oh, the boss won't give me off time because, you know, somebody else has taken that. And then I have to go back to my children and say, oh, I can't take that time off because the boss has told me I can't. So mm-hmm. you have to internalize that feeling that could be hugely damaging to people's self-esteem. So, yeah. And I think that purpose is, you know, to keep going back to it, but that's, that's hugely important for managing. You know. Absolutely. Exactly. Like finding that purpose. And I suppose understanding that, you know, purpose is an everyday thing and even mental health is, is an everyday thing. We have mental health every single day of the year. We, have to get out and think of mental health week or mental health that it should be mental health 365 yeah, it, it, days a year you know mm-hmm. that that's it can't be just a week like and that is know. the thing mental health is something that we have all of the time it's something yeah. we deal with all the time and we're, yeah. it, it's part of us so why are we focusing it in onto oh these are the three days now on the year and oh jesus there's this day now back in may as well that's great as well yeah it's it, yeah it's, it's definitely the, the the i suppose the messaging needs to be changed you know mm-hmm. so but it's again it's it's about i'm on a doing what you're doing yourself there and trying to keep banging at the door such you know banging at the door keeping those conversations going um so we've come to the end greg thank you so much for having a conversation with me today no worries yeah anytime anytime And thank you all for sticking with us and listening and joining in on the podcast. If you would like to join a conversation, um, please get in touch on any of our social media. So on Instagram and Facebook, we are at thegreenelephant.ie and on Twitter, we are greenelephantmh. Um, so please do reach out. We would love to have conversations. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters. <laughs>